0: let's jump in to part three of our spirit lead me series today is all about how the holy spirit empowers us to be a witness and so let's read our theme verse uh, real quick psalm 143 10 it says teach me to do your will will for you are my god may your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing may your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing I don't know about you, but that's the prayer for my life. I don't want to be walking on shaky ground. I want to be standing on the rock. I don't want to be going through life just wondering if I'm going in the right direction, or wondering if God is with me. I want to know. I want the Spirit to lead me and guide me in my decisions, and my thoughts, and my actions, and my dreams, and my ambitions, and all of it. I want Him to lead me, right? And so the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how the Holy Spirit dwells in us, right? From the moment we become believers, he gives us a new life. He makes us a new creation. Like Jesus said in John chapter 3, we are born again. And that happens because of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. And he takes up a residence in us and he lives inside of us. And then in week two, we talked about how uh, the Holy Spirit helps us win our battles over sin. And aren't you thankful for that? that? That man, we are able to say no to sin and we have power to say no to sin because of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. And so if you think about it, the, the first week, you know, was really about us personally, the, that personal relationship that begins in our heart with Christ when, when the Holy Spirit takes residence. And then week two, you know, is about our personal victory over sin. Well, now week three and four, we're gonna, we're gonna look at how the Holy Spirit empowers us in our relationships with others and the mission that he's given us. And so we're gonna try to, we're gonna turn outward in the Holy Spirit's work that he, that he works through us in our life. And so the big idea today is that the, the Holy Spirit empowers me to be a witness, he empowers you. If you've ever been to our website, Maybe before you started coming, you checked it out and you've long since forgotten. But right there, right there on, the, on the front page of the website, it, it states our, our purpose, our reason for being. We're here to love God, right? We're here to love people, and we're here to lead the way. What you may not know is that those, those three thoughts are based on, on two very important passages of Scripture that really tell us why we're here. If you ever wondered why in the world did god put you here why do you get up every day and go to work why do you why do you have kids and have a life and 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 do all the things why do we do it we're here to love god to love people and to lead the way jesus said the most important thing that you could ever do with your life is to love the lord your god with all of your heart your mind your soul and your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself right and then right before jesus left the earth and we're going to talk about it today he said to go and be a witness that's leading the way and so we love god we love people and we lead the way the great commandment and the great commission and so today specifically we're going to dig into the great commission let me read it for you matthew twenty-eight nineteen. it says therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. And this is my favorite part. I am with you always, even to the end of the age, even to the end of the age. Now, Jesus said this right before he was going to ascend to heaven and leave the disciples Right? But he, he promised that the Holy Spirit was going to be with us to the end of the age. Now, I've noticed something over my years. I've noticed something throughout my, my childhood growing up in church and now uh, the years that I've, I've pastored and been in ministry, I've noticed something. And this includes me. People have no problem talking about loving God. Oh, I love God. I bet you would even be bold enough to say that you love God. I would, I would bet you would even be bold enough to, to tell a neighbor, oh, I, I go to church and I love God. Right? People mostly have no problem talking about loving others. It's super in vogue. We gotta love everybody, and we and I'm gonna love you, and you're gonna love me, and, and oh, just love. And you know, and, and a lot of people mean a lot of different things by that, right? And the the scripture even says God is love, so obviously love is really important, right? It's easy to talk about. It's it gives you that little warm and gushy feeling sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, we love each other. But People have a big problem, including me, being a disciple who makes disciples. We do, don't we? We have a big problem with it. Man, and a lot of it is just our own personal insecurity. Um, I remember... I was almost finished with Bible school. And so I, I, had, I had been through the preaching classes. I had been through the Bible classes. I, I had grown up in a great church and a great home and sat under an amazing preacher, my dad, right? And, and so I had been around the block a little bit. I had experienced a lot of things. But I remember Clear's Day, the first time it was, I was on deck and it was my turn to preach at youth group. And I was a senior in college and and I'd been through all the training. And even with all that background and all that Bible knowledge, I was so incredibly nervous. And guess what? That first talk I gave absolutely bombed. It was horrible. None of you would would have been there. You wouldn't have understood what I said. And at the end, I'm sure the youth were scratching their heads like, what just happened, right? And for some reason, the youth pastor that I was serving under at that time, he gave me another chance. And and then I I I felt called to missions and to, to go to another country and tell people about Jesus. And I still hadn't gotten over this like stand up on the stage and talk to people thing, right? And and so I I began talking and, and speaking, and guess what? For for a for many, many times of speaking, it felt so incredibly awkward, and I, I felt like I had no clue, no clue what I was doing. Until one day it just clicked. And that doesn't mean I went from good to great overnight. I went from like, I went from like bad to moderately decent when people would tolerate me, right? Amen. (laughs) And so there's just something inside of us that quivers a little bit, that gets a little afraid when we kind of step into that leadership position and we take on that mantle of I'm gonna be a disciple who makes disciples. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm gonna lead the way, I'm gonna look at other people, whoever they are in my life, and, and I'm saying, hey, I'm gonna do my best to follow Jesus in a way that leads you and attracts you and, and points you towards him, right? And some of you right now, you're like, man, that feels like a lot of pressure, I, I, I could and, right? We feel it deep in our bones. And we think things like, I'm not a leader, who am I? Who am I to represent Christ? Who am I to fulfill the Great Commission? Who am I? I don't know enough. I haven't, I haven't read enough scripture. I, don't, I, I can't answer all the questions that people are gonna have when they ask me about why I believe what I believe, right? I don't know. And then you think in the back of your head, people are really mean, <laughs> right? People are mean. And you want me to go lead those mean people? They're going to talk about me on Facebook, right? And we get to that point where it just, it really feels like, it's almost like I don't have something that I need to complete the mission. You ever feel like that? It's like, God, I know that you've asked me to do X, Y, and Z, but but I don't know how. I just don't know if I can do it. Well, the awesome thing about God is that he doesn't leave us hanging, right? You might feel like he has sometimes, but in, the rea- but in reality, he never has, and he never will. He won't leave you hanging. He promised the Holy Spirit would empower us and would never leave us as we do our best to follow him and complete this mission that he gave us. And so if you remember in the first week of our series, I talked about how in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit empowered certain people at certain times for certain reasons. Right, Certain people at certain times for certain reasons. But when Jesus came, he promised the Holy Spirit for all his followers. And we're gonna look at all kinds of scriptural support um, so you, you can know that you know that you know that the Holy Spirit and this empowerment is for you. He promised it for all his followers. And so let's take a look real quick. Let's, let's just go back in time and look at where it all started. One place it started was with the prophet Joel in Joel chapter two, Joel is one of the prophets in the Old Testament. And so if you look up that table of contents in your Bible, you can go find him. And so in Joel, Joel chapter two, he made this prophecy that said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people, all people, not just the apostles, not just some people, not just some special people, all people. And then fast forward to the New Testament, John the Baptist, he's Jesus's cousin, and, and, and he shows up on the ministry scene before Jesus, and he was there to prepare the way for Jesus. And so John the Baptist comes preaching this, this baptism of repentance, and calling people to get right with God, and, and, and he's baptizing people. And in all four of the gospels, it mentions how, how John would come, and he said and he said this very thing, and, and Matthew 3.11 is just one example. He said, I baptize with water those who repented their sins and turned to God, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So Obviously, he's talking about Jesus, and he's saying Jesus is going to come, and Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Mind you, the people listening had no idea what he was talking about, no, no idea what he meant. And then Jesus comes along, and in John chapter 14 and 16, he, he, he gives this promise of the Holy Spirit, and he, and he even said that it's better if he leaves the disciples. It's better that he would go so that the advocate, so that their helper, so that their comforter would come. And so let's just unpack this a little bit. When we believe in Christ, the Holy Spirit takes residence in our souls. It's by belief, right? We're saved by grace through faith. It's not anything that we've done. It's it's, it's what Jesus did for us on the cross. He died for us. He rose again. We believe that he's the son of God, right? Right? And we're saved. And then we're baptized in water. And so many of you have made that that step here at Mosaic Church where during a service on Sunday morning, you you got dunked. You went all the way under to symbolize that you're dying to your old life and you're coming alive into that new life in Christ. It's an outward sign of an inward commitment that you've made to follow Jesus. And then we see in scripture very clearly that Jesus left and he sent his Holy Spirit and he said, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so how are we empowered by and live in the Holy Spirit? That's the big question. What do we do? What do we do? And so we can look at what scripture says. We can look at what happened. And we could see some very clear things that if we want to prepare our hearts if we want to be good soil if we want to say god i know that there's this job that you've given me to do called the great commission and that's what we call it jesus just said go right but that's what we've come to call it and 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 i know you've given me this mission you want me to love you with all of my heart you want me to love people and oh my goodness god you want me to be a leader help me jesus help me jesus you want me to lead the way and so if I'm going to be good soil and I'm going to be empowered by the Spirit of God to complete the mission that he's called me to do, how do we do that? And so the first thing that we see in Scripture is that when we obey Christ, we put ourselves in a really good position to be empowered. Part of obeying is knowing what he said. And, and, and so let's look exactly what he said. What is Jesus asking me and us to do? So in Acts 1-4, Jesus was talking to his disciples, all all of them that were gathered there, and he said, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wow. And so think about it. Joel chapter 2, it's prophesied 400 years before this time. Joel chapter 2. Matthew chapter 3, and all throughout the Gospels, John the Baptist is saying, hey, Jesus is coming, and he's going to do this thing. And then Jesus comes, John chapter 14 and 16, he's saying, hey, it's coming. Here we go, it's coming. Jesus gives them this job to do, the Great Commission. And then he says, but wait. Don't leave. Stay put. Stay in Jerusalem. The Father's going to send you the gift, and you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1.6, We see it says that, so when the apostles were with Jesus though, right after he said this, they kept asking him like over and over and over as if if they didn't get it. And they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? See, if you know anything about what the Jews thought at that time and, 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 and the history behind this, you'll know that they still didn't get it. They still didn't understand that Jesus was about to hand the baton off to them. They were like, man, thank goodness he's resurrected because Jesus is still with us. He didn't get it that it was better for, the, for Jesus to go and for them to be filled with power. And so they're asking him, okay, Jesus, is it time to get your game on and, and let's start a battle and let's overthrow Rome and, and, and let's, let's get to the good stuff. They really didn't understand it yet. They were expecting, and this is something that you need to get in your heart, They were expecting him to do his thing. They were expecting him to do his thing. But then in Acts 1-8, Jesus turns it right around on its head and he looked at them and he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You may be wonder, Joe, why in the world would God possess you to ever go be a missionary? That's kind of it. Because God lit the fire in my soul for the gospel to to be taken to the ends of the earth, any place that hasn't gone yet, right? And so the disciples were still expecting him to do his thing, but Jesus is saying, you are gonna do his thing. You're gonna lead the way and he's gonna equip you to do it. You're gonna receive power. The Holy Spirit is gonna come on you. You're gonna have, be a witness. That was the purpose. Let's just pause for a moment. How many times do we disregard, think about this in your own life, how, and, and I'm thinking about this for me too because we all do it. How many times do we disregard the most basic commands that God has given us? Love, pray, give, help, serve, be patient. Stay. Go. And in the disciples' case, this time, Jesus was saying, stay. Wait. Just just hold your horses. So the first thing we do is we obey. When we obey, when Jesus says, hey, I need you to wait until I give you what I'm going to give you, I need you to wait. And so the second thing that we see is that, you know, how are we empowered? First, when we obey... And then when we wait and receive, number two, when we wait and receive. All throughout Jesus' ministry, he he was foreshadowing what was coming. And so back in Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 13, he said, and so I tell you, keep asking and you'll receive what you ask for. And then then it says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And I just want to encourage you, some of you that are like, Joe, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want it. I don't know if I want God to fill me with power. I don't think I want my life to change. Things are good just the way are. they are. I'm comfortable. Everything is just right. You know, I don't want any like, start, stones turned over in my life. And Jesus is just saying, listen. When you ask, when you wait, you're going to receive. And you don't have to be afraid. Because your Father loves you so much. He's a good dad, and he's going to give you exactly what you need when you need it. Amen? And so in Acts 1.14, just a little bit after Jesus is telling them what is going to happen, he goes up to heaven. He's gone. And in Acts 1.14, we see what the disciples decided to do. It says they all met together and they were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. We see in Scripture that there was about 120 of them left around and, and they, were, they were hanging out and they're waiting and they're spending time in prayer. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, the big day comes. It says, On the day of Pentecost, All the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Now remember, back in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit worked through certain people at certain times for certain purposes in certain places. But here we see the fulfillment of this prophecy that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. And so there's these tongues of fire appearing and suddenly on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Wow. Amazing! How is this even happening? There's a wind, there's a shaking, there's fire, there's, there's all these signs and on top of that they begin declaring the goodness of God and the, and the, the story of God and, and the greatness of God in other people's languages. So there's this powerful move of God's presence, supernatural. And the people outside of this room and in the city and in the surrounding parts, guess what? They all began to hear the goodness of God being proclaimed in their own languages. Crazy. This is amazing. It's it's God just saying, hey, it's it's about time to get down to business. Let's go. This was the result of obeying Jesus, trusting Jesus, and waiting in his presence. The day of Pentecost, just for some context, context, this was about 50 days after the, the resurrection. This was about 10 days after Jesus ascended into heaven, and they're waiting 10 days. Jesus is gone, just vanished up into heaven, and they're waiting. I think it's interesting to note that, there that you know, from Scripture we gather, there was probably about 120 people there. But after Jesus was resurrected, he, he appeared to about 500 people. So about 500 people got to see Jesus with their own eyes after he was raised from the dead, which I can't wait to celebrate that next month. But there was 120 I have to ask myself, what happened to all the other people that saw him? Did they get impatient? Did they stop waiting? Did they have more important things to do? Right? Did they just think, oh, I've got all I need. I I, I believe in Jesus, I, I know Jesus, I'm good. Maybe sometimes we don't wait because we're trying to move on to the big things of God or the next step in our work from God, but God is trying to get our attention and just get us to wait in his presence so that he can equip us for what he wants to do through us. Listen, church, you've got something to receive from God. You've got something. He wants to fill you with power, and the step one is to pray and wait. Just get quiet. Just start telling him how good he is. And it it doesn't even have to be here at church. It could be at home. It could be in your bedroom. It could be, you know, in the shower. It could be wherever you're at. You're driving down the road and you're just waiting. And you're just praying and you're being with them. And so I'm going to challenge you today. How and when are you building in waiting periods to your life? I want to encourage you that you should have a waiting period every day and invite the Holy Spirit to fill you. You should have a waiting period, just like them in the upper room. God, God, I'm about to get my day going. I'm waiting in your presence. Holy Spirit, fill me with power today for the task at hand. Fill me with power today for the task at hand. We're constantly in this, in this waiting mode, be it an expecting mode, expecting Jesus to fill us with power overflowing. He's already in us. He's living inside of us, but I want, I want to be overflowing. I want to be completely immersed in his power because I need it to do what he's called me to do. And so this is a daily practice. I wanna encourage you, if you're not hungry for God, if you're not waiting for him, if you're not spending time in his presence, it's probably because you're full of something else. You're binging other things that are filling that hole and filling that void in in your heart and in your life. And so maybe it's time to rip some of that other stuff away and just spend some time in God's presence and get hungry for him. Prayer and waiting on God is not outlining your agenda to God. It's getting into God's presence so he can outline his agenda for you so that he can give you what you need to fulfill the job he's given you to do. So how and when are you asking? And how and when are you waiting? Do you want everything that God has for you? Or are you leaving something on the shelf? Have you stopped at a certain point in your relationship with God? And you maybe you're loving God and you're doing your best to love people, but uh, I just don't know if I want to lead the way. I don't know. Have you stopped there? <clears throat> and I just want to encourage you, you don't need the worship team. Although, man, weren't they great this morning? God's, God's doing something in our services and he's meeting us here. But, but guess what? When you hop in your car, he's there. And when you wake up in the morning and you brew your coffee and you sit down with your Bible, He's there. And when you, when you speak His name and invite Him um, you know, to, to really lead you and guide you, He's there. Jesus said He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. So you don't need Kathy playing softly in the background. You, know, you don't need you know, just the, that perfect environment. You can just wait. Wait in His presence. And so... This is amazing. They're filled with power. The Holy Spirit meets them. It's it's an amazing experience. And then number three, how how are we empowered and how do we live in the Holy Spirit when we're empowered? We got to follow through. When we follow through. So they're filled. Everybody outside, there's this commotion. All of a sudden, a huge crowd assembles outside of where they're at. And Peter steps out. Peter steps out of the prayer meeting, he steps out on the porch or wherever he is at, he's talking to the people in the streets, and he delivers one of the best sermons ever. He references the prophet Joel and that prophecy 400 years before. He laid out the truths that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the only way to God, that he came and he died and he rose. And so listen to what he says in Acts 2, 32 through 33 in his sermon. He said, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he has exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him, Jesus, the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and you hear today. This is Peter, who 50 days before was denying Jesus. This was Peter, who was one of the Apostles, you know, 10 days before. They were asking Jesus, are you, hey, when are you gonna, you know, do your thing? This is Peter. Wow. Peter that probably didn't know that he had what it took, but when he was filled with power, he stepped out and stepped into this confidence and this passion and this, this uh, ability that God gave him. Acts 2, 38 through 39. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's, that's water baptism. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Isn't that amazing? So after he gets done giving this talk, guess what happens? 3,000 people get saved. Can you imagine? 3,000 people get saved, they're baptized, and they're added to the church that day. It's amazing. When you follow through, you never know what could happen. Uh, Jolie did a a leader meeting with her um, uh, kids team this morning. My wife is the, the kids' Uh, pastor kids director back there for the elementary and so she had everybody in there and she she threw up on the screen all these goofy pictures how how many of you were in there with jolie today anybody and so she threw up on the screen these pictures of 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 little people back in the day that were in her her dad's kids ministry and she was telling the story about how how uh, five of them were kids pastors and a couple of them were missionaries and and all of them are doing these amazing things and then she had the audacity to throw up a picture of me when i was a kid hanging upside down on a, on a, on a monkey bar uh, with my class and, and just these goofy pictures. And she's like, well, and look, and even Joe did something great for God, right? <laughs> I think she even had a picture of Pastor Sobey. And so if you wanna see that, I highly encourage you to, to hit up Jolie for that picture. But, <laughs> right? But when you step out and you follow through and when the Holy Spirit is working in you and he's empowering you to speak and to move, do it. You never know what will happen. I can't imagine in a million years that Peter expected to step out and give this amazing sermon and and 3,000 people get saved that day, but he followed through. He didn't just have an experience with the Lord, He stepped into that new calling and that new obedience and and, and let God use him. It's amazing. Some of you have have had experiences with God before, just like they had in the upper room. You've had an experience. But man, if the Holy Spirit is going to use you, you've got to follow through. You've got to follow through. What's in your hand? What has God deposited in your life? What does He want you to do? What's your next step? Don't stop in the journey, don't get too comfortable just having experiences with God. Your relationship with Jesus is not a finish line. It's a lifelong adventure. And we see that in the life of Peter and all the other apostles. From this point forward, man, things just got real. I love what it says in Galatians 5.22. It says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Amen. They got, and it's, it's not just that, that we want to feel the the shaking and the wind blow and, and, and God using us prophetically and in these amazing ways, it's not just that. And all that's amazing and I want it all too and we're gonna talk about some of that next week. Paul said eagerly desire the gifts and, and we, God, I want you to use me. I want you to use me, but it's an open door. God, for you to use me in every single area of my life that when you say go, I'm saying yes, right? no area of our life is off limits to the spirits leading and shaping don't have an experience with jesus on sunday and live like the devil on monday the two worlds have got to meet and so what bold thing does the holy spirit want you to do today what things does he want you to work on or grow in in what way do you need to fully surrender to him and i just want to encourage you when you wait and you receive that power and jesus fills you with his holy spirit man it's going to change things for you you're going to have confidence and 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 uh, a focus that you never had before when you spend time waiting and asking and then number 4 when we endure when we endure so how are we empowered and and how do we live by the the spirit when he empowers us we've got to endure and we do this with the holy spirit's help when we are being faithful to go and to tell and to share god is faithful to keep pouring out his spirit and i want you to read these passages this week but in in acts chapter four just a, a it, it was probably about five years later but it's just a couple chapters later but in Acts chapter four um uh peter and and john they were they were taken and then they got released because they were preaching the good news and so that, then they go back and they have another prayer meeting and, and it says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. And so we see in Acts chapter 2, they were filled. In Acts chapter 4, there's this filling again, and they're continuing to preach, and they're continuing to, to go, and they're continuing to be led by the Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 8, five years later, in, in, in verses 14 through 17, it, it tells another story about be, be, people being filled with the Spirit. It says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John and they went and they prayed for them and and once again, the Holy Spirit's moving. And then in Acts chapter 10, this is 10 years later after Acts chapter two and what happened there. 10 years later, even as Peter was saying these things, it says, he was preaching, he was giving another message, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. Amazing. And then in Acts chapter 19, this is 25 years later, and so think about this. 25 years later, it didn't just happen in Acts chapter two, it kept happening over and over and over again in the New Testament church. 25 years later, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. And guess what happened? They baptized them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the church continued to grow. When you endure, when you keep doing what God has called you to do, when you keep waiting on God, when you keep inviting him to empower you and to fill you with his Holy Spirit, and you just keep going... And you keep going and you keep going. You never know what God is called what, what God will do through your life. So much of the time, people don't see the fruit because they don't hang in there long enough. They don't hang on there long enough. But what we see here, we see a childlike faith. We see an expectation. Jesus said they were going to receive, and so they believed they were going to receive. We see this trust in their heavenly Father. That God is going to equip them for the task at hand. And we see a, a, just a total and complete surrender to his purposes. We see that it wasn't just about the ex- experience. It was about empowerment. That, and that the power had a purpose. To preach the good news and to share the message of Christ to the whole world. Amen. Amen. So where are you at today? Where are you at? Have you signed on to the whole man i'm gonna love god and i'm gonna love people but i just don't know about leading the way yet if that's you you're in good company today and we all have those feelings sometimes and i just want to invite you to say god (laughs) you promised your holy spirit would not just take residence in me but would would i'd be baptized in your holy spirit and it would fill me and it would overflow out of me and and when people touched me and got around me man when they bump me guess what's going to overflow you your holy spirit and so jesus here i am is that where you're at today maybe you, you need to start at square one maybe you you have not yet given your heart and your life to christ and believed that he's the son of god that he died on the cross for your sins that you need a savior. Maybe you haven't yet taken that step of faith and believing that he rose again on the third day and he did all that because he loves you so much. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Maybe your next step is baptism. And just in a few weeks on Easter Sunday, we're gonna gonna have baptisms. It's gonna be a huge celebration. We're going to be celebrating people's new life that was made possible by Jesus, Jesus's resurrection. It's going to be amazing. And so, where are where are you at? I want to encourage you today that just like we see in so many of these um, uh, passages and acts, and I want you to go back and check them out this week. That you can give your life to Christ. You can get baptized in a few weeks, and. You can receive power from on high when you wait and when you ask and when you receive. Okay? And so what do I want you to do? Over these next weeks and throughout the rest of your life, really, I want you to have an open heart and open hands and say, God, whatever you want to do in my life, I'm willing and I'm ready. God, whatever, wherever you want to lead me, here I am. God, whatever you wanna fill me with, fill me. God, whatever you wanna, you know, use, however you wanna use me to speak and to to preach and to lead and to guide and to serve. And and there's so many gifts, and we're gonna talk about those next week, how the Holy Spirit empowers us for service. Use me, Lord. But it starts with an attitude that says, I'm gonna obey, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna receive. I'm gonna follow through, and I'm gonna endure. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. If you're here and you say, Joe, I need to give my life to Christ. I need to get right with God. I need to, to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior and begin a relationship with Him. If that's you today, um, man, I, I'm so glad that, that you're feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit to give your life to Christ. If that's you, just raise your hand. I wanna pray with you. Anybody wanna give their hearts and lives to Christ today? Make him your Lord. Make him your God. Amen. I see that hand. God, I pray for my friend that raised their hand today and anybody else that I missed and anybody online that that wants to follow you today, I pray that you just meet them where they're at. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And so I encourage you in your own words to do that at your seat right now. And as you put your faith and trust in Christ, the Bible says that you're, you're a new creation now, that the old is gone and the new has come, and the Holy Spirit is taking residence in your soul, in your heart, in your life. It's an amazing thing. You're, you're experiencing rebirth. You're coming alive in Christ. Can we just give them a hand today? Amen. So great if you're here today and you say Joe I want to I want to wait and receive I want to keep asking and know that that God is a good God who's going to give good gifts to his kids and and he wants to give me his Holy Spirit not just to live inside of me but to empower me to be a witness and you say Joe I'm challenged today and I want to be a witness and I'm going to begin inviting the Holy Spirit to fill me with power if that's you today, let's raise our hands as we, as we just pray a closing prayer. God, I thank you so much. We're here for you. We're here for you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need your power. We need your anointing more than anything else in our life because this job that you've given us to do, we cannot do it in and of ourselves. God, we need the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us and to fill us with power from on high so that we can be something more than we are. We need you, Lord just like you took the disciples, ordinary men, ordinary people who who just had a simple childlike faith and obedience to you, just like you took them and you filled them with power and they were able to have more confidence than they had before. They were able to to be led by your spirit and do things that they couldn't do before. We need that power too, Jesus. And so fill us today. Fill us, Lord. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us online at Mosaic Church. We hope today's message was life-changing and useful. For more info, visit MosaicCincinnati.com.